Another thing that's important to note is that we all have different weight loss patterns. So some of us will drop weight consistently week in and week out. And for those of you who have that, like high five to you because it's the most motivating pattern of all. Every week you see change. And we see that, I see that with our clients at PhD often, and and that is great. Continued motivation there. But there are many of us who have a different pattern. Welcome to the Dr. Ashley Show. Welcome to the Dr. Ashley Show. I'm Dr. Ashley, and today we are going to talk about a really important topic when it comes to weight loss that many of us dread, and that is the dreaded plateau. But they happen, you know what, and they don't have to be a big deal. And today we're going to talk about how to overcome them. But before I dig in, I want to share with you some stories so you can see what I'm talking about of clients who have worked with me at PhD Weight Loss and why their plateaus came about. And then I'm going to teach you some tips on what they did to help overcome that you can do too. So the first story that comes to mind is Kathy and she came in and she came in probably needing to drop about 50 pounds and 200 pounds was her starting weight and needed to get to about 150 to fully collapse that belly fat that I talk about. So she was doing really, really great on her program. She got down to about 165 pounds, only 15 pounds to go. And she was stuck and she was stuck for a few weeks. And I sat with her and we shifted up her meal plan like we usually do. We changed her nutrition. We talked about her sleep and stress, her movement. We made sure all of that was in alignment. And I said, well, you know, okay, let's let's dig in a little bit deeper. Do you have any fears associated? Is there anything negative that happened in your life, in your past, where maybe you were at 150? And she goes, oh my gosh, yes. At, uh, when I was 150 pounds, it was the last time I was there, my husband died and he was my soulmate. He had cancer. It was terrible. And it's a time in my life that uh, was, was probably one of the hardest times in my life. And I don't want to go back there. And so you can see by the words that she was using in the story that she had in her mind, that 150 pounds, that target weight, that sweet spot that we were so excited for that she'd been working for over a course of a number of months was associated with something really tragic in her life, with trauma. It's no wonder why her body wouldn't work for her to open the door and allow her to achieve that target. So for her, we had to change the story and she had to start working on associating that 150 with positivity and excitement and joy and replace that old traumatic story with something new. And so that was the work that she had to do. And I am happy to announce that she got to 150 and five years later, she is maintaining it with ease and feeling great about it. So I have Lisa and Lisa, same thing, came in around 170 pounds, needed to get to 130 pounds, and she was stuck halfway down, about 150, and she could not budge. We looked at everything, made sure that her meal plan was right where it needed to be. All of the things I mentioned with Kathy and same thing, I said, okay, Lisa, well, is there anything that happened at 130 pounds in your past that you associate with something that is fearful or traumatic or negative in your life? And she said, oh, yeah, at 130 pounds, the last time I was there, I had cancer. And oh, my gosh, I thought that I was going to die. It was so traumatic for me. I never want that to happen to me again. And so you can see once more that she was associating that target weight, that sweet spot where her body really needed to be for optimal health. And she was getting there in a safe and healthy place. 
and doing everything she needed to support her body in this newfound weight. But the belief in herself and her desire to get there was associated with something traumatic. So she, too, just like Kathy, had to let that go. And then I have Matt, and he was dropping down. He came in at about 250 pounds and needed to get to around 180. And he had struggled with his weight for a very, very long time. And his family was used to seeing him at this 250, maybe even 280 pounds. And so he was dropping down. He got to 200 pounds. He had 20 more pounds to go and he was stuck just like these ladies. And so I asked him the same question and he said, no, you know, I actually have never been to 180 before. This is going to be something new for me. So if you are like this and this target weight is something where you've never been, you've struggled with this weight gain for a lifetime, that is something you need to work on. And we'll talk about it a little bit later. But you have to be able to feel that and visualize that as if it's already reality. So Matt struggled with that, and he also struggled with his family expectations. Now, he had gotten down to that 200 pounds. He looked and felt really different, and his family was uncomfortable with where he was. And they were saying, you know, Matt, you're too lean. Matt, you don't need to get any leaner. Matt, you look sick. And he did not look sick. He looked great for someone for me and for his coaches who just saw him, we're like, oh my gosh, you know, you look amazing. You've got energy, vitality, your skin is tight. You're age regressing a decade and how you look and how you feel, we could tell. And so really it was having to overcome the stories of his family that they were pushing on him and their expectations of what they thought health was like because they all too struggled with their weight and they were not in a weight loss program. So maybe his weight loss made them feel uncomfortable uh, and just they were uncomfortable looking at him in a new light, in a new body. So he had to adjust to that. And I will say it was a struggle for him. And he did continue to drop weight, but he actually bounced back up a little bit because he couldn't overcome those stories and he really had to work with it. And now he is doing well and getting back down there. But that is something that if this sounds like you, that you do need to overcome to see long-term success and not regain the weight that you dropped. And then I have Cindy and Cindy, very similarly, she got stuck at a certain weight. I asked her what had happened or what could be hindering her from going all the way. And she said that when she was younger and had hit her target weight, she had a traumatic experience associated with a guy and she used her weight as a protective shield. And she was really uncomfortable because she was getting more views and looks and attention from men and she didn't know how to deal with it. And she, too, associated it with something negative because of the traumatic experience she had in the past. And she really had to do the deep work to work through it because she knew that she wanted her body to be in a healthy place. She knew she was worthy of it. She was deserving of it. But she had this negative experience blocking her from achieving her goals. And I'm also happy to say with Cindy, it was a positive experience. She was able to work through that and let that story go enough where she could get her body where she needed to be. So all of these people deserve applause in doing the deep work. And you do, too, because I'm sure that there's something in there for many of you that you're working to overcome to allow your body to get to a new healthy place that is very nourishing for your body, mind and spirit. So before we dive into the types of plateaus and what to do about it, I want to define what a plateau is because the majority of us who say we're stuck or we've plateaued in our weight loss, we really haven't. So the deal is, is that if you have not dropped weight for one to two weeks and you say you've plateaued, please take that word out of your vocabulary because that is not the case. A lot of times when you're dropping weight, uh, and you haven't dropped weight for a few weeks, it's just your body rebalancing, 
fluids are shifting, your hormones are becoming balanced and, and regulating in different ways and your body just needs time to adjust. And you need to just pause and give it that time, have compassion with yourself and do not beat yourself up. As long as you know you're doing the right thing and you have a nutritionally sound meal plan, give your body the weeks that it needs just to adjust. And this is where you have to have a really positive mindset. And this is where the work is to be done and to have faith in yourself, the confidence and belief in yourself and your actions. And then your body will follow. But if you give up in those one to two weeks where you don't drop weight, it's going to sabotage yourself. Another thing that's important to note is that we all have different weight loss patterns. So some of us will drop weight consistently week in and week out. And for those of you who have that, like high five to you because it's the most motivating pattern of all. Every week you see change. And we see that. I see that with our clients at PhD often. And, and that is great. Continued motivation there. But there are many of us who have a different pattern. A common pattern that I see at PhD is like the stair step pattern where you might drop a lot of weight one week and then nothing for one to two weeks. And you're kind of like, do, 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 do. And some of you get really mad and you think I plateaued. I'm working so hard. Why isn't this working? And I will tell you, it's because of those words and those negative angry emotions that has that fat then just locked in there. Your body's not going to work for you if you're beating yourself up. So during those one to two weeks, just remember stair-step pattern, keep doing what you know is right, and then you're going to have another drop-off and then maybe a little one to two weeks, it's rebalancing, and then a drop-off. So if you're watching this on YouTube and you have this uh, weight loss pattern, drop a comment below because it will help to encourage other people to stay the course. And then there's kind of this roller coaster pattern, and this one's another frustrating one where you drop down and you actually pop up a tiny bit. And then you drop down and then you pop up a tiny bit. So that can be an experience. But again, you just have to have that faith in yourself to push through those when it goes a little bit elevated. And there are also a few other reasons why maybe your weight loss has stalled or has plateaued that you just need to work through. And I'm going to call these off. So if you're on specific medications, that could cause a plateau and you can check in with your doctor on that. We see clients who are on high blood pressure medications and because of our dietary approach, it's really, really effective at reversing obesity-related health conditions like high blood pressure. And so commonly, our clients will be able to let go of blood pressure meds, but when they do, their body in the first few weeks holds on to that fluid because their kidneys are starting to work and they're having to let go of that fluid on their own rather than it being um, due to medication. And so they might hold on to fluid, but then it starts to release and it starts to work on its own. So that could be something. For you ladies out there, it could be a menstrual cycle. During our menstrual cycle, we can hold on to fluid, of course and that can cause the scale to not budge or go up a little bit. Of course, if you're constipated, that's going to shift the results on the scale. Um, if you have been working out a lot, a part of the repair process of the muscle fibers is to hold on to water. So for you men out there who have large muscles, and if you are sore, it's amazing. You guys can hold on to 8, 12 pounds of fluid the day or two days after a workout as a part of the repair process. So if you have sore muscles, not just if you've worked out, but like really feeling those sore muscles, it hurts to sit down and you haven't seen the scale drop, then it's probably you're holding on to fluid there. And then, of course, if you have increased levels of stress, if you're not sleeping well, then you're going to hold on to fluid. If you're traveling a lot, a lot of us hold on to fluid and bloat a little bit. 
And so just to be compassionate with yourself, if you've flown on the airplane or you've sat a lot, you've gone for a long drive, like you don't need to get your weight on the scale right when you get home. Give yourself two, three days for everything to start to balance out and shift and then hop on the scale and see where the trend is. Now, a true plateau will be if you haven't seen any weight loss or any body composition shifts, because remember that weight loss is more than just the scale. It has to do with your body composition, muscle mass, fat mass, inches around the waist. But if you haven't seen any changes in that and you're following a nutritionally sound meal plan for four to six weeks, no shifts, then that could be a true potential plateau. And I want you to understand that there are two types of weight loss plateaus. One stems from more of the mental, emotional, psychological aspects. And then the second type is more metabolic and physiologic. So let's start with that psychological aspect. So again, if you're following a nutritionally sound meal plan, it's probably coming from this. And for our clients at PhD, since their meal plan is really uh, nutritionally sound and supportive of their body, 98% of plateaus at PhD come from this mental, emotional, psychological aspect. So when we look at this, I want you to understand that weight loss is a process of letting go. It's letting go of the excess weight, that fat mass that's holding you back, and all of the emotions that are tied to it. And oftentimes people will just focus on the science of when and what to eat and all of the nutrition, but they don't focus on the mindset and the thoughts, the emotions, the behaviors. And I find that when people just drop weight through food or, you know, through a medication or supplementation or something quick fatty where they're not really changing behavior and focusing on the mind, the weight loss is not sustainable. So it's almost like you've got two parts to your being. You've got this physical aspect, this metabolic aspect, food, when you're eating, all of that. But then you've also got this mind and spirit parts and the two have to go simultaneously or you do one and then you do the other. But you have to focus on both of these aspects. You can't just do one and expect to maintain the weight loss. So the first one is fear of getting to a lower weight because it doesn't feel safe. And that's what I talked about with Kathy, right? Subconsciously, she didn't want to drop that weight. So if you think might be your issue and why you've plateaued, you want to think about what is the risk and what is that negative story associated from your past with that weight that you know you need to get to? And then how are you going to let that story go? How are you going to reframe that story? Second is similar, but that lower weight is associated with something unpleasant from your past. You might hear yourself say, when I was 140, last time I was sick, or the last time I was at 190, I was getting a divorce. Or, you know, like Kathy, the last time I was 150 pounds, it's when my soulmate, my husband died. It's when I took HCG and that didn't work for me and I looked really sick and I don't want to look sick again. Well, you know if you go through a good scientific-based weight loss plan that you're not going to look sick when you get there. Like our clients at PhD really look like they age regress a decade in how they look. And so you can let go of that fear and be able to enter into that lower weight. Third, if you don't believe it. So if you think you can or think you can't is right, and that comes to mind when I think about this one. You know, when I was dancing, I was a professional ballet dancer and I had a lot of negative self-talk. And my husband bought me a magnet we were dating at the time. And it said, if you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Because I was always saying, oh, my gosh, I can't do this or everyone else is better than me or it's just 
I'm not good enough. I'm so terrible. And he's like, oh my gosh, you have to change the way that you think. And the same thing goes for you. You've got to be able to believe it. I have a client and she only had five more pounds to go. That's all she had. You know, it was the last week of her program before she was supposed to enter into maintenance. And I said, well, did you eat anything differently? You know, can we shift anything up? She said, no, I love to ride my mountain bike. I'm mountain biking. I feel amazing. I just can't believe that I'm here and I can't believe that I could actually achieve my goal. And we worked through it and she just couldn't believe it. She couldn't visualize it, which is the next one I'll get into. But she just couldn't believe that she could succeed. She had that negative self-talk. And so we worked on that together. And I will say the next week, in one week, she came in, dropped five pounds in one week, said she really didn't do anything differently. Although, who knows, maybe with a change in belief and a change in the words she was using to herself, she was able to adjust little things that allowed for a five-pound weight loss. She was so proud of herself and entered into maintenance right there. The next one is if you believe it, but you can't visualize it. So Bob Proctor, I love his abundance meditation. And he says, if you can hold it in your head, you can hold it in your hand. And a lot of what I've done and how I've grown PhD, I've visualized it. You know, I visualize um, for our brick and mortar offices what that office is going to look and feel like before it's there. For our nationwide at home program, I visualize how I, I imagine and want those clients to feel in the support and customer service that they get from us. Everything in my life, I sit down and I try to visualize it. I challenged myself to do 10 pull-ups at the beginning of the year because just something that I, I couldn't do. I could never do a pull-up. And I told myself, you can't do pull-ups. I complained my mother and she'd be like, yeah, genetically, we just aren't made to do 10 pull-ups. You just, you'll, you're not going to be able to do that. And she didn't mean to say it in a defeated way, but one thing about me is if anyone says that something's not possible, I have to show them that it is. <laughs> And so I went and I practiced. I practiced every day doing pull-ups, but it was really hard. And I was almost to the end of my 90 days. That's what I gave myself to do these 10 pull-ups. And I still could only do five. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What if I don't achieve this? And I posted it on Instagram. So you all were holding me accountable. Of course I had to do it. So I had my husband, Doug, who's much more techie than me, do a video of me just doing, I think, the five pull-ups that I could do. And then he replicated it and made a video so that it looked like I was doing 10 pull-ups in a row. And so I just watched that video and I closed my eyes and I imagined that I was already doing it. And how would it feel as if I could already do those 10 pull-ups? What's the feeling? What was I wearing? What did it look like? And I will tell you that at the end of 90 days, I knocked out 10 pull-ups in a row. Thank you very much. And you can see that on a video way back in, I don't remember, March or something on Instagram where I did that. So you've got to also be able to visualize that target weight. And what I mean by that is all of the senses. What does it feel like? What does it smell like? What are you wearing? Who are you with? What are you doing? All of those things make it your reality as if it's already there. And then you simply step into that identity as if it's already achieved and it makes it much more simple and easy to get there. And then the last one is, are you manifesting the plateau with your words? So I can never make it past 215. I told you, I knew it. I always get stuck there. These are from my clients that I hear. If you make this work for me, I will be blown away. I will tell you that I'm not making this work for anyone. The best plan on earth only works if you work it. So you've got to take personal responsibility for that. 
And you've also got to talk to yourself with words that are not going to manifest the plateau. You can see when I say these words, they're manifesting it. Maybe it's a, see, I told you, I can always get stuck at this 150 or I'll have people and I'll talk about where their target weight is and they'll say, that's never going to be possible. My weight always gets stuck at 160. And then they get to 160 and they're like, oh my gosh, I told you, I knew I would be right. I told you this plan would only work until I get to 160. But once we can break through those words and they choose different words like, oh my gosh, 130 is totally manageable totally feasible and it's easy. Oh my gosh, this weight loss is effortless and so simple. I mean, why can't it be simple? Why can't it be easy? It can be easy just as much as it can be difficult and hard. And I know previous experiences might tell you that it's going to be hard and difficult and impossible. But the first step is imagining it as a reality and then talking to yourself as if it's already happened and it was simple in the process. You might as well tell yourself that it's going to be easy and that it is simple rather than hard and difficult. Remember that where your focus goes, your energy flows. Tony Robbins always says this, and it's really true when it comes to weight loss. If you're focused on how hard it is, how difficult it is, how your body is just going to plateau, well, that's where your energy goes and that's what you're going to find happens to your body. So here are the steps to help you overcome these mental, emotional, psychological plateaus. Shift your focus. Establish that identity as if you're already there, that 180-pound person. What do they look and feel like? What do they have in their refrigerator? What do they have in their pantry? Uh, what do they do during their lunch break? Do they sit and continue to answer emails or scroll on Instagram or some kind of screen? Or do they get their butt up? and go outside and go for a walk? Do they choose the salad when they go out with some great steak, something like that? Or do they choose the hamburger and fries? You know, what do they do on the weekends? Do they sit in front of the screens and drink beer? Or do they get up and move their body, get outside and go out with, you know, people who they love, who care about them? So you want to think about that identity and shift your focus to that person as if you're already there rather than waiting for it to happen in the future. Visualize and talk to yourself with words that encourage success. Have this resilient mindset to push through weeks of no losses and check out my previous episode where I do talk about having a resiliency mindset and how to develop that. Keep doing what you know is right. If you are confident in your body that you've got this nutritionally sound meal plan and you have one to two weeks where it's just stopped, have faith, confidence, belief in yourself. Keep doing what you know is right and you're going to see your body bust through that plateau. Have compassion with yourself. No beating yourself up. Give yourself a hug and focus on the gain rather than the gap. And I've talked about this before, but instead of focusing on where you are and where you have to go, sometimes that can be overwhelming. I want you to think about where you've come. So if you're on a weight loss journey and you've already dropped weight, think about where you started. Think about the habits that you've already shifted. Think about the things that you've had to overcome and I've likely have had a resilient mindset in play many times already. So focus on the gain rather than the gap and then change your state. And you can change your state by moving your body. You can change your state by listening to music, getting outside, journal, meditating. You've got to stay motivated. You've got to stay positive in your mindset when you're dropping weight. Okay, so we've talked about these psychological plateaus. Let's talk about the more metabolic, physiological aspects associated with dropping weight. And so remember that if it's one to two weeks where your body hasn't shifted, 
It could be for all of those reasons that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. But your body does have the ability to adapt to changes and your metabolism can slow to conserve energy. So if you've been severely restricting calories for a while, then you're going to find that your body accommodates and adjusts for that. And this is what I studied when I was getting my PhD in sports nutrition and chronic disease. So what I did was I took two groups of people. One group was a group of almost Olympic level athletes where they expended a lot of energy. They were exercising and performing eight hours a day. And I measured how many calories they consumed as well to support their body. And then I pair batched this group of people with recreationally active individuals. They were the same age. They had the same amount of muscle because we know that muscle mass is the main predictor of your metabolic speed of how many calories you consume in a day. But instead, these folks just did activity that they enjoyed. So maybe an hour a day, they went to a gym, they took a fitness class, something like that. And I also measured how many calories they consumed. And you would think that the athlete, because they're consuming so many calories, would eat more and they would have a speedier metabolism, but actually the opposite was true. Their body actually started to conserve energy. So these athletes ate significantly less than the recreationally active people and their metabolism was significantly slower as well. So this just goes to show you that your metabolism can slow and you can hit these plateaus. And so what you wanna make sure you do is to switch up your routines, especially when it comes to activity and you don't wanna severely restrict your calories chronically. When we think about shifting up exercise routines, your body can also adapt to the exercise you're doing and it can get much more efficient. So let me give an analogy of you right next to Michael Phelps at the edge of the pool. And let's say you guys have both decided that you're going to swim a mile and Michael Phelps dives into the pool with his dolphin-like perfect swim body. He's been practicing for his entire life. He's super efficient and he swims a mile. He gets out and we measure how many calories he expends. Well, now you get in the pool and maybe I'm talking to you and you're a great swimmer. So we could think about me and I get in the pool and I'm like doing the doggy paddle and I'm not very efficient. My body's not like a dolphin. I kind of sink when I swim and I do the mile. I get out. My hair is all disheveled. The goggles are all sideways and I am totally out of breath because A, I haven't done much swimming and B, I'm not very efficient. My stroke isn't efficient. So I'm probably going to burn more calories than Michael Phelps. Well, maybe not because he's like double my size. But if we were pair matched in size and muscle mass, then I would be expending a lot more calories and he'd have to swim a lot more than me to get the same expenditure. Well, this is kind of what your body does on its own. Let's say you get on the cycling bike. It's your first time cycling. Well, your body's going to burn lots of calories at the beginning because it's like, what the heck are you doing to me? And it's got to figure out its cadence and skill set and your lungs have to figure it out, your brain, everything's working really hard. But after a while, you get really efficient at it. So you've probably heard before that you need to switch up your exercise routine and you do need to do that. You need to make sure that you're lifting something heavy to help support your muscle mass. And it doesn't have to be anything heavy to get injured, but something where you're building and overloading your muscles. And then actually some kind of sprinting is really helpful too. And you don't have to run if you have bad joints. I can't run that my dancing days ruined my knees. But what I like to do is get on a bike, warm up, and then you want to push hard for about 30 seconds, maybe 45 seconds sprint so you're not talking to your friend. You will have the capacity to do that if you're working hard enough. And then you go easy for about a minute to a minute and a half. 
and you repeat that about eight to 12 times. Now, of course, if you haven't exercised and you're not at the physical capacity where you're ready to do that, that's okay. And you can drop weight and bust through plateaus without exercise. I just want to share with you, if you're used to exercising, these are things that can help speed that up and get you out of the plateau, but you can drop weight without a ton of exercise or much at all. You also want to consider getting an expert to assess your nutrition plan, because if your plan is not good and it doesn't have all of the things that you need in it from protein, fats, and carbs, then that definitely can cause you metabolically to hit a plateau. So make sure you have an outside expert who really knows what they're doing. Everyone these days profess to be a nutrition expert. So just do your research, be very careful and get someone who's really great to assess your plan. You could be dealing with the creep and the creep is someone that none of us like. And that's what causes our weight to start to creep up or to plateau. So I want you to ask yourself these questions and perhaps you could diagnose why you're experiencing the plateau or the creep. Are old habits or behaviors creeping in? Are you starting to drink more alcohol than you did when the weight was dropping? Are you adding sugar or sweet things to your coffee drinks? Are you starting to eat after dinner or are you continuing to eat after dinner? Are you eating a lot of cheese? Not that cheese can cause weight gain, but it is a food that is really dense and really easy to overeat. A lot of people can be addicted to cheese. And if you find that you are, it might be good to let it go for a little bit. It's one of those foods that you say you love that don't love you back. Um, nuts, the same thing. Are you eating a lot of nuts? I actually advise during a weight loss phase to just take out the nuts because they're so dense. I mean, five almonds is a serving size and five almonds I can blast through and still be starving. I probably could eat an entire bag of macadamia nuts, which has enough calories for me to last a day, maybe a day and a half. And it doesn't even phase me. Now, everybody's different. You might get really full and satiated from nuts, but a lot of us don't. And it's easy to just keep going back. And those salted ones are so delicious. So watch out for the nuts. Were you measuring before, measuring your foods and not measuring anymore? Or maybe you need to start measuring if you haven't before. Are you eating little bits of your kids' or grandkids' foods? This morning I was making my kids breakfast, and I usually don't eat breakfast. I, I just put heavy cream in my coffee, and I love it, and I'm generally not hungry. But uh, I was really active yesterday, so I was hungry, and it took all of me to like not eat their crust off of the bread that they were eating for breakfast. So paying attention to the little bits here or there. A good helpful tool when you're cooking dinner, because I know how easy it is to taste things and try things that might be on your kids' plates that you're generally eating. Like for me, I don't love the way bread makes me feel. It gives me heartburn. And um, sometimes my kids will have a piece of toast or something. And it just doesn't serve me to eat their crusts. And, and so I have to be aware of that. It doesn't serve me to eat some of the foods that maybe they will eat once in a while for dinner that aren't good for me. And so I've made it a rule for myself that if I'm going to pick on anything before I sit down and eat dinner with my family, it's going to be a vegetable. And that just helps to keep me in alignment and gives me a boundary. And the healthiest people have boundaries. So create some boundaries for yourself. See, are you working through your exercise time? That might just be me today. <laughs> doing these shows, um, I took my exercise time and that should be a non-negotiable for me. But um, sometimes you guys are more important than that. And I will get my exercise time in somehow, some way. Are you sleeping less? A lot of people don't put a lot of emphasis on their sleep, but I'm telling you it is huge. If you are sleeping less than six hours and you're trying to drop weight and you slow down, you need to sleep more. And then are you really stressed? The same thing goes. We don't think that stress impacts our weight loss speed, but I will tell you, 
100% of the time, if I get super stressed clients coming into PhD, their weight loss is slower than those who know and can manage their stress. And then the last tip that you might want to try, and I always suggest that you have a nutrition expert by your side because this is just a tool. It doesn't work for everybody, but it is reverse dieting. And the concept here, again, is that your body starts to adapt and conserve energy when you're restricting calories to drop weight. And you can trigger the body to speed up the metabolism sometimes if you do this well by reverse dieting, which basically means that you add gradually a little bit more calories to your day, like not much, 50 to 100 calories per day to start speeding the metabolism. So for one week, you might increase it by 50 calories and you just stay 50 calories for seven days. And then you go another week and you increase it by 50 calories for another seven days gradually so that you can maintain that weight uh, of where you are without gaining weight, but increase your metabolism as well. And 50 calories is not very much. This is like not even an entire egg. It might be a half tablespoon of olive oil. So it's not very much and you do it gradually. Again, this is a tool. It doesn't work for everybody. And sometimes it's tricky. So you want to make sure that you've got support as you're going through it. Okay, so now you know the reasons why you might be experiencing a plateau. Please, if you are watching this on YouTube, I want you to comment below. I read all of the comments. I respond to them. I want to help you bust through these plateaus if you are experiencing them. If you are watching this on YouTube, please subscribe and leave a comment. And if you're listening to this on a podcast platform like Spotify, please subscribe and leave a review. It just helps us fit within the algorithm and serve more people so more people can overcome these plateaus and challenges that they've had with weight loss. So remember, you've got to step up and make the change. Lead with your heart, train your mind, and do not negotiate with your body. I'll see you next time. Thank you.